Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. We are back with episode 103 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast, presented by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Um, I haven't said that yet since we got sponsored, but or since we joined. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you have. But big things rolling, big things coming. We've got uh, some things in the future. I guess in the next coming weeks, uh, some guests going to be on. Talk about a little bit more things. Um, I guess one big announcement this week, since we made it official, um, not a whole lot of details on it, but there is an e-racing, uh, kind of like NASCAR-ish uh, league that we are sponsoring a driver, and so yeah, we're going to have the Two Drunk Brothers car, it'll be on Monday nights after football season, so like I said, not a whole lot of details, we're hoping to have... Uh, the guy that's going to be driving the two drunk brothers car on, on the podcast within the next few weeks. Yeah, probably, and, uh, probably sometime in January because we really this when you guys hear in this episode one hundred three one hundred four will drop next week. That'll be our last one of twenty twenty. Um, so he'll probably be on in January. Like Travis said, a lot of guests coming up, but I'm excited to have him on to kind of explain more about what it is uh, because you know we're kind of novices at it. He reached out to us, wanted us to sponsor his car. And I thought it's kind of cool uh, because, you know, once football season ends, there's not a lot going on. So, uh, and it'll be cool to see our logo on a car, even if it's just an e-racing league. But still, I'm going to treat it like I'm, gonna, like I'm an owner, of a, of a, like I'm fucking Joe Gibbs or somebody like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the car and that's what we're going to root for. It's going to be sweet. Be cool. Maybe we can uh, have some live things, stream it, whatever nonsense like that. And drink with that. Something to uh, give yourself a reason to drink on Monday night that's past football season. Absolutely. So, gotta gotta love that. Big things coming. Um, is there anything else that you needed to cover on big news? Yeah, b- big news business-wise, nothing really. Like Travis said, we got some guests lined up for a few episodes here in the future. Some ones I think you guys are really going to enjoy. Um and we'll just keep, we'll kind of keep those close to the chest until they come out. Other than that, um, we do are going to be we're going to be announcing a giveaway next week. So keep your eyes peeled out, ears peeled out for that. But other than that, nothing really major. We'll dive into Week 14, uh, recap the NFL, college football because we're getting to that point in time now. Um, we'll talk about that Week 14 NFL. Travis was traveling a lot. I don't know how much he got to pay attention. Um, to some of yeah, the you want to do, you want to do college first, then? Yeah, so I mean, really, college. I mean, nothing so really a, popped out of the page. It just came out. Yeah, uh, pretty controversial thing. A lot of people don't like them. I myself had just haven't been a fan of the college football playoff rankings this year since they came out. Uh, you got 
I mean, top four, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State, which one Ohio State being at four is just questionable. I know that they were there to start the season, but and they haven't lost, but come on, they're they're they've only played five games. Uh Texas A and M is at five, and then Iowa State is at six now, at eight and two. An Iowa State team who has who lost to Louisiana Lafayette and Oklahoma State. Yeah. So why'd they jump up so high? Like weren't they like eight or That's what I'm saying. They jumped up. Florida's at seven right below them at eight and two. And Florida just lost to an unranked, terrible LSU team. And, at they, home. Dropped, and they only dropped one spot. Yeah. At home. That's, that's horrible. Georgia jumped up one at seven and two. And then Cincinnati dropped one and they're still eight and oh. So you have a team like Florida only dropping one spot and Cincinnati's still dropping with them. Yeah. That's horrible to me. It's, I mean, Florida definitely should have been out of the top 10. I mean, they lost to an unranked LSU team at home. And we're supposed to, like, the whole purpose of the committee, and I don't know if they're just not into it this year, whatever it is, but the whole purpose of the committee is to keep everyone accountable. And, like, to not – that's why that's why we got rid of the BCS because you're supposed to factor in these games late in the year when you lose or win. If you lose or win a big game – or you lose to a bad team, it's supposed to have a bigger effect on your ranking. Like, and I just, I don't know, man. Like, and I, I know USC, like, so if you're going to put, to me, here's my opinion. If you're going to put um, Ohio State at four, at five and oh, why is USC at five and oh, ranked 13? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. Why is, why is Coastal Carolina at 12 and they're 11 and oh? Well, Coast Carolina, to me, in my opinion, should have dropped in ranking last week. Yes, they won, but they barely beat a very, very bad – was it Temple? Whoever the fuck they played? Troy. Troy. I knew some team with a T. But Coastal Carolina has two wins over currently ranked teams. Lafayette and BYU. BYU. They're one of – Eight teams. They're one of eight teams in the college football freaking – in all of college football that have two wins over current-ranked teams. Yeah. I'm actually pretty excited. I know we're going to bitch about that. I'm actually pretty pumped to see San Jose State crack the rankings. Um, they're yeah, 24th. they're six, you know. Yeah. Colorado shouldn't be in there. They got their fucking dicks kicked in at home by a terrible Utah team. You Colorado had a chance to go to the Pac-12 championship game. Fuck that all up. They shouldn't be in there. Yeah, I mean, just the whole debacle with – I think the the main thing for me is Iowa State and Florida being at six and seven. I, I want to say that the college football playoff committee and just college football commissioners in general wanted to make the Big 12 game – championship game this weekend relevant. Like so they, yeah. they kept Iowa State right there. I mean, they That's the only dropped. thing I can think of. They shouldn't have dropped. They shouldn't have jumped up to six. Though. They should never be there in the first place, though. They should not be eight and two at ranked sixth when there's a, a bunch of undefeated teams below them. Yeah, I mean, what about – yeah, what about like um, – yeah, I don't know. It's just – it's a weird year. So, I mean, I, I've said it once. I said it, I said it again, like – 
I don't know. I mean, like Bama is clearly by far and away the best team in the in the in college football. Like I know Notre Dame's ten and zero at two. We'll talk more about that when we get to the to Degenerous Digest because we're going to break down all of the championship games because that Notre Dame Clemson game is huge. So scenarios wise, scenario wise, let's just say yeah, let's you know, dive into this. Let's look at this. So Bama plays Florida. So one plays seven this weekend. I don't think Florida Bama's going to win. Yes, Florida doesn't stand a snowball chance in hell, so it doesn't matter. But then you got Notre Dame and Clemson, two and three, playing each other for the ACC championship game. So, Notre Dame is 10-0 and at number two. Clemson is number three at 9-1. and If Clemson beats Notre Dame, do you still think that both those teams will be in the, will be in the Final Four? I find it hard for the playoff committee to drop Notre Dame out of the top four Whenever both of the teams, whenever both Clemson and Notre Dame's losses will be to each other, I know you can take into the fact the consideration that Trevor Lawrence wasn't there. Like I'm on, I'm fully on the side that if Notre Dame loses, they shouldn't be in the playoff. But then you're going to have the people who are just like, oh, they're both ten and one. They both lost to each other, and I think that's going to be enough to keep Notre Dame at four. I hope it doesn't. I hope they get kicked out, but I just don't see it happening. I think you have to. I think you have to kick them out because it's going to totally ruin what the whole purpose of the college football playoff committee is. Because, like I said, it's not taking into computers or some kind of fucking formula. It's looking at resumes. And if you look at Notre Dame, yes, they are ten. If they lose this game, they'll be ten and one. I understand that, but they're they sh- they should be really nine and two because they would have lost that game if Trevor Lawrence played. And then you look at Texas A&M, who's 7-1, and one, and their only loss is to Alabama, the by far and away the best team in the country. But look at who Texas A&M's played outside of that. They beat Florida, but they've played nobody, literally nobody else. Vanderbilt, who they beat by five, Mississippi State, Arkansas, South Carolina, LSU, and Auburn. The probably like worst of the worst of SEC teams that they could play this year. Yeah, but they like again and think about it though. You put A and M in, and they're gonna go in and play Bama and get their asses kicked again. Yeah, but you can't argue for a Cincinnati team to get in there because they'll just get their fucking absolute dicks crammed in. But I think like I don't know. Maybe it, I think they should be higher. I I don't think there's any chance in hell that Cincinnati jumped five spots from nine to four uh, by beating Tulsa this weekend to get in there. But I think Tulsa's they very right. well Tulsa should is, have Tulsa's 24th. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. 
It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Yeah. I think they should have a, an argument because I don't, I, I personally don't think A&M belongs in there. Iowa State, if they lose to Oklahoma, who's ranked 10th this week, like what do you do then? I don't think you can put Cincinnati or Oklahoma in because they're both 9 and 10. Yeah, the Big 12 really fucked themselves of getting a team into the college football playoff for eternity because they don't have divisions. Everyone plays each other once, so the likelihood of somebody beating somebody you're you're not you're not going to get a it's hard to get a one loss or two loss team in there. So um now again, I, you guys know our feelings about Ohio State and the Big 10 in general. Them changing this fucking rule they made to allow Ohio State to play in the Big Ten championship game was a thousand percent a calculated political move by the Big Ten brass because they know that that there their Ohio State is their only chance of getting a team into the college college football playoff. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was bogus. It was horrible, and. I mean, the fact that they're gonna have they're gonna be six and zero oh, in whoa. the college football playoff. We're gonna we're gonna just rule out Northwestern just like that. Not gonna rule them out. I that we talk about we're gonna talk about all our gambling picks on the Power Five and a couple other conferences later uh, for the conference championship games this weekend. But to say they, win, I'm just saying like they win if they hypothetically speaking they win. They're six and zero. We're gonna put a six and zero team in there over. A potential nine and O team, twelve and O team. I mean, San Jose State's already six and O, and they're at twenty four. Yeah. So, by the way, a six and O team. Look at the record. I mean, look at the resume. I saw it the other day. It's not great. I know they beat Indiana, but still, like a touchdown at home. For example, though, this is this is just like uh, the argument for Texas A and M. Outside of Indiana, they've played nobody. I mean, they played Northwestern this weekend, so they'll. They will technically, if they beat Northwestern, they'll have two top 15 wins. And they went, they uh, beat Penn State when Penn State was ranked as well. doesn't count. In my eyes, to me, if a team is not ranked currently, that does not count as a quote-unquote ranked win. Because also, Penn State is fucking booty now. Like they're horrible. Yeah, they are. So that, you can't really count that as a ranked win just because they were ranked at the time. To me, a ranked win is like a team that's currently ranked – like, even if you beat a team earlier in the year and they weren't ranked then, but they're ranked now, I think that should be, like, to me, like, that shit that has to be calculated in to, like, what, what these people are looking at when they're trying to determine what teams to send. It'll be interesting, but Travis thinks if Notre Dame loses to Clemson, they're still going to get in. I think they shouldn't allow it. I would rather see it A&M. Uh, I, I, I said, never said I never said that I agree with it. I'm just saying that I think that's how they're going to do it because – this committee is horrible. They've made the decisions they've made this year. I would not put it past them at the slightest to squeeze Notre Dame in there. Yeah, because then you're going to get Notre Dame versus Alabama, which is like totally a high-ticket fucking viewership and, But to be honest, at the end of the day, as much as I really dislike Notre Dame, I would honestly rather see a Notre Dame-Alabama matchup than Texas A&M and Alabama Two. Yeah, I don't, like so, like version two of this year where Alabama beat them fifty-two to twenty-four. 
So, but if you are going to boot Notre Dame out, to me, the only the only teams that have a real argument's sake at getting that four shot, uh, that four spot over Notre Dame, in my opinion, is A and M. Because again, the only team they've lost to has been Alabama. And if Iowa State beats Oklahoma, they sh- they should just based on the current rankings rankings they should be in there over A and M though. If Cincinnati goes in and smacks the ever living piss out of Tulsa, like I mean, beats them by like twenty to thirty points, and Notre Dame loses, I'm not. I'm I'm sorry, guys, but a nine and zero Cincinnati team who just beat a ranked team by twenty something points, I I I could argue it. I could argue. So this is what you need. This is what you need if you're a Cincinnati fan and you want Cincinnati to make playoffs this year or this this week. You ready? You need Notre Dame to lose to Clemson or Clemson to lose to Notre Dame. Then they'd definitely be out. Obviously, one of the uh, hypothetically speaking, Notre Dame should be bumped out. So let's just say Notre Dame loses. Um, you need Ohio State to play a close game with Northwestern. But I guess that doesn't really matter. So the, we never even talk about that scenario. Like if, if Clemson loses at nine and two, they're they're out a thousand percent out. Right? Yeah, they are, 100%. Um, but A&M, people are forgetting, they play this weekend. They play Tennessee this weekend. They could lose that game. Okay. So, if you're Cincinnati, you want A&M to lose. You want Iowa State to lose this to Oklahoma. And then, there you go. You could You could jump Florida and Georgia, who don't play this weekend. Man, that'd be wild. So, so, like, really, so, really so realistically, if, if you're Cincinnati, like, realistically, let's, let's realistically think about this. If you're Cincinnati, you are a Notre Dame fan this weekend. You want Clemson, A&M, and Iowa State to all lose. And you're in the playoffs, I think. You don't think they'd put in a floor? They can't put in Florida after they lost LSU. They can't put in Florida or Georgia after – yeah, Florida would lose. The only team that would be in front of them would be a – Georgia team that has a bye and they're seven and two, and then a team right behind them in Oklahoma that will be eight and two and just won the Big Twelve championship. Who are who are Georgia's two losses to? I can't. I forget off the top of my head. I know one of them is to Florida. Georgia lost to Alabama and Florida. So the Florida loss does doesn't look great right now. No, they lost badly to Florida. So yeah, if you're Cincinnati. You are a Notre Dame fan, you are a Tennessee Volunteer fan, and you are a Oklahoma an Oklahoma fan. Yep. That's it. It's I possible. Mean, it is possible. That is that that is the path for the first non power five to get into the college fo- football playoff. It's right there ahead of the road. Now, let's back check r- real quick. Let's talk about this. If Clemson does lose, but AM wins, it's gotta be AM in that four spot, right? Especially if they win handily. It depends what Iowa State does, man. It really does. If Iowa State, you just talk shit on Iowa State for losing to Louisiana Lafayette. But I'm just looking. I'm just looking at. You got to go with with what we're given. I'm not saying they deserve to be there, but you're looking at what the rankings are right now. And the rankings are right now. Iowa State is right there at six, and they play in the Big Twelve Championship this weekend, which is a much better game versus a number 10 ranked Oklahoma 
than what A&M is playing versus the Tennessee Volunteers. So I'm saying if Clemson does lose and they get bumped out or Notre Dame does lose and they get bumped out, for Iowa State to take that spot over A&M, they're going to have to beat Oklahoma, I think, by double digits. I was going to say, like, so if you're – so we just laid out the scenario for for Cincinnati Bearcat fans. For Iowa State Cyclone fans, I think you still are a Notre Dame fan because that gives yep. you the best shot of jumping in there. And you need to beat – regardless of whatever Texas A&M does, if you beat Oklahoma handily, like you said, by double digits – I think, I think I, I agree. I, I, I agree. I do agree there. Um, unfortunately, they will have a tougher resume, I think, if you look at their some of their games they've played. Um, it is what it is. So, other than that, I don't see Georgia getting in. I don't see Florida getting in. They're seven and eight. I don't see them getting in at all. Well, they, they won't be able to because – I don't see Florida beating Alabama, so they're already out there. And then okay. Georgia, there's no way they, there's no way you can put Georgia in, no matter what happens, by not being in the SEC championship game and not playing this week. If you're a Sooner fan, what do you got to do? Is there any chance? If you're an Oklahoma fan, you got to root for Notre Dame to beat Clemson. You got to hope A and M loses. You got to beat Iowa State. And you gotta hope Tulsa beats Cincinnati. That's a lot. The the road it's, it's one more it's one more step than what uh, Cincinnati needs. Yeah, man, that's a lot. So extra team to lose. Looking at the top ten, seven and eight, Florida and Georgia have no shot of making it. Other than that, you could there are scenarios for A and M, Iowa State, Cincinnati, Oklahoma to get in. Yeah, it could make for a very interesting weekend. It could be awesome. Not very likely. I imagine it being pretty vanilla. And uh, I would not be surprised if the top four teams right now are the four teams that get in. Yep, me neither. So we'll see what happens. But there's the scenarios. That's the two Jump Brothers thoughts on the college football playoff. Like I said, we'll dive more into championship game stuff in DeGeneres Digest. Well, real quickly, let's recap week 14 in the NFL. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Um, I mean, Travis, like I said, Travis was traveling, coming back from Branson this past weekend. Uh, the Patriots stink again. They're horrible. They can't throw the ball. That's starting off with a Thursday night game. They're Other just that, like the most bipolar team in the NFL. Yeah. The New England Patriots. Uh, other than that, though, like it wasn't too exciting. I mean, I would say the most exciting game on the Sunday noon slate would be Chiefs Dolphins. Yeah, honestly, Broncos Panthers. Which, 
let's, let's let's talk some bad beats. I've I empathize with all of you Chiefs uh, minus seven betters. I know our boy Cyrus Miller had a parlay where he took two of the two drunk brothers bets. He took Titans minus seven and Colts minus two and a half, which fucking amazing there. And then he had to throw his own team, the Chiefs minus seven in there. Oh, good. I'm glad. That makes me – I didn't know that, but that makes me happy now. That's funny. Coming down to South Beach, and as soon as he told me that, I said it. Like, we're we're, we're being very nice going back and forth throughout the game. Like, me and him were texting, like – because it was cool to, like, for both our teams to be competitive. It's the first time it's really ever happened. Um, And he's like, hey, man, I got this parlay. And he told me he had Chiefs minus seven. I'm like, oof. I said, the Dolphins are the best team in the league against the spread. I said, I could see a backdoor cover biting you in the ass because it's happened to me so many times. And lo and fucking behold, they go up nine and Tua trots down the field and gets in field goal range. And what pissed me off is a lot of betters. I saw this guy on TikTok. I, don't know oh, was- I saw a lot of people saying it was rigged and that Vegas owns the NFL and all that stuff, which I, w- I wouldn't doubt it in some games. And they're like, why would you post up and kick a field goal and not go for the touchdown there? It just it, – it makes sense to, yeah. to kick the field goal there with a little, little under 30 seconds left. Uh, it makes sense to, you know, spike the ball, kick the field goal, go down six. That way, if you do recover the onside kick, you have a shot to maybe get like a chunk play of 10 yards. Yeah. And then more shots to the end zone rather than you go up and spike the ball there and then try for the end zone four times, you're going to have no time to recover the onside kick, get 10 yards, and kick a field goal. Yeah, so people who say that made no sense don't know football. I mean, it made sense. So that was an exciting game. The Dolphins were banged up, and they competed with the Chiefs. I know there's no moral victories in the NFL, but as Dolphins fans, that felt pretty good to watch. Um, Another one that I wanted to point out, shout out um, our boy Drew Locke, uh, Mizzou kid. Balled the fuck out on Sunday. Four touchdowns. Saw some crazy stat. He was the only player this year who had like four four touchdowns, a something completion percentage or whatever. Basically, he had a hell of a Sunday. And I'm going to extend this offer to you, Drew, because you played on Saturday this week. We need you this Saturday as Dolphins fans playing the Bills. Need you bad, kid. Yeah, I mean, it's – we do. We'll talk about that a little bit later because we're doing a little bit different of a degenerate digest this week. But he had a hell of a game. So those were two of the games to watch during the day slate. Uh, outside of that, Monday night. The Monday night football game is potential game of the year candidate. So far, might have been the most fun uh, one to watch. Our bets, our bets did well, but I also sprinkled in a little Browns money line in there, so it was a little anxious for me to watch. But it was fun regardless, even though they lost. Like Baker, it was so fun to watch Baker Mayfield play. It was, it was so fun to watch Baker, and even whenever Lamar Jackson was having his like, because like Lamar Jackson, like we're not huge fans, but he played pretty well. But even when he was having his poop date issues, I mean, he definitely yeah, should. I mean, he definitely shed his pants, right? I mean, something happened. They, luckily, they had they had the purple pants on. But if they had they had their whites on, man, could you? The dude, the dude definitely sharted, and he was walking back to the locker room with his butt cheeks clenched. My, the most hilarious part is whenever that he comes to that guy in the door coming out the door, he's like, "Move, get the fuck out of the way." 
Yeah, like I think an extra little squirtage came out when that happened. Yeah. But the fact that it was it was really fishy to me. So he, he was out for what, a two a drive and a half. Yeah. The fact that he was ready to go as soon as Trace McSorley went down was a little weird to me. I don't know if I like why if he was ready if he was ready, why didn't they put him in before? I mean Trace McSorley was going down the field at that point in time. Kind of. But the drive before he he they went three and out. Yeah, so I don't know, like maybe just like rhythm, like because I'm sure when Trace McSorley's in the game versus Lamar Jackson, the play calling is drastically different. It's drastically different. So, um, but that game was game of the year. Also, in my opinion, if you were a Browns plus three backer, God, that had to be the most horrible beat I've ever seen in my life. Like so. That, it- Takes- the fact that it went from a push to a loss isn't as bad as what it what it would have been if it was a win to a loss. But like you're sitting there, you're like, ah, you know, plus three. And that was if you bought it at the right time, plus three. If you got it at three and a half, it's even worse. Or if like you bought it up to three and a half. No, listen, I I saw I saw this text thread of these I guess they're Browns fans. He's like, Yeah, I was I know it's like he's like, Oh, so glad I bought the plus four, man. I would have I wish for a brownies win, but you know, I'll take it. And someone's like, bro, they lost by five. <laughs> yeah, dude, like that was horrible. I didn't even it didn't even really look like I don't know if his foot went out, they didn't really review it because why would they? But like when that lineman caught it and threw it behind his back, I don't know if he was fully out. So it was Landry. That got tackled in the end zone, and honestly, they counted as a safety, but they very well could have counted as a touchdown because Landry. I think before Landry went out of bounds, he like chucked the ball up in the air behind him, and a Ravens player. If you go back and look at it, a Ravens player caught it in their end zone. Oh, so, did he? Yeah. So like, regardless of whether or not he was out of bounds or not, Landry threw the ball up in the air, being Jarvis Landry trying to save the play. And a Ravens player caught in the end zone. So regardless, because I saw people saying that too, like if he stepped out of bounds or not, doesn't matter because a Ravens player caught in the end zone. So it would have been a touchdown. And that, folks, is why we teased the Browns and the over. Got a little bit. I got a lot more of those coming this week. Me too. For you guys, the, the one game teasers for two picks. They've been, but they've been pretty kind to us lately. Outside of that, yeah, they have. Like over the last three or four that we've said, hey, tease these. Yeah, they've hit. They probably won't this week because we just said that. But uh, that may have been the fastest over in the history of the NFL this year. Bro, like, I was telling Travis, like, my wife fell asleep on the couch and she woke up and she's like, hey, did you bet on this game? And she woke up in, like, third quarter and I said, yeah. And she goes, uh, well, what would you do? That? I said, the over. And she goes, what is it? I said, 46. And she goes, that's going to hit in, like, two minutes. And it was, like, 12 minutes left in the third quarter. And so it's, yeah. like. Then get hit with. Eight, eight or nine minutes left in the third, and then I just had to sweat out uh, my teaser and the Browns money line uh, pick on that Monday night game. But regardless, nonetheless, it was so much fun to watch. Cody Parkey, you're the worst kicker ever. I don't know if you saw this. I tweeted from the podcast account on Monday night. I said Cody Parkey has to have like a career war of like negative ten. Yeah, they don't do war in football, but if they did. <laughs> If they did, be bad. It because, would not be good. 
that playoff game for the Bears had to be at least a, a five point dock on his on his <laughs> that double doink. That's a fucking dude. I mean, he's he's so like the Browns have had kicking issues for the last couple of years now. Yeah, I mean they released Austin Siebert for Cody Parkey, and he still has a job somehow. So we need to give a Bill O'Brien of the week award before we roll on. And honestly, like. Dude, and this is going to sound There's bad. not one any really deserving of it. There isn't. The only person I can think of, and I talked talked about you this, talked with you about this earlier, Kevin Stefanski for the Browns. I think they scored too quick on that final drive and allowed the Ravens to get into field goal territory. But Yeah, but you can't, you can't give a Bill O'Brien award to him because the fact that they scored, it needs to, like, it's the defense's fault for not being able to stop a damn thing. How about okay, okay? Let's give the Bill O'Brien Week Award to whoever fucking calls the plays for Pittsburgh, because these little fucking five-yard check-down crossing routes are not working. How about I have one that's a little bit better? How about Sean Payton? Because, and I know Taysom Hill ended up having a decent game, but they were down by a lot whenever he started to like. I mean, they were down seventeen nothing, then Taysom Hill started to come back. I think. Taysom Hill is not the answer. I don't know oh. if Drew Brees coming back this week or not, but they lost that game because they didn't have Jameis Winston in. I mean, they lost it. Jalen Hurts did play pretty well. I, I will give him that. I mean, yeah, but at the end of the day, they only scored 24 points. Yeah, so like, I actually like that. Let's give it to Sean Payton because Jameis Winston should have been the quarterback from day one. And, yes, Taysom Hill, like you said, he puts up good stat lines, but I was talking to my father-in-law about this. Because he likes Taysom Hill a lot, and I, I do too. I, I think he, I think he has has some value. He just takes too long to get going. He takes like a quarter and a half to settle in, and then finally, once he settled in, at that point, and in, and in the previous games when, when he took when he took a long time to get going, he got lucky because his defense has been balling out and holding the team, the opposing team, to six to zero points, or whatever. But the Eagles came out and punched him in the mouth. And when you, when that happens, you can't take a quarter and a half to get going. No. So let's give it to him. Um, side note before we get in our last thing in the intro, I have had a handful of beers tonight, so I wanted to switch it up. Stopped at the gas station before I got home, and I grabbed one of these Mike's Harders from the gas stations, like one of like the $2.25 ounce guys. And it's watermelon flavored, eight percent. So you can't call me a pussy. I know it's Mike's hard, but it's eight percent. And this thing tastes like straight watermelon vodka. Gross. It's it's brutal, and it's a big boy. Look at this boy. Yikes! It's huge. But you know what? I'm gonna truck through it. Have you? Hey, make for, have you? Speaking of that. Have you seen – you know what a – first of all, I'm going to ask you this. And I want your legitimate, honest answer. Do you know what a sommelier is? I don't even know how to fuck – how you say the word. Sommelier? Sommelier? I'm probably – I don't know how to say it. I don't know what the hell that is. Basically, it's like a professional wine taster. Um, And have you seen this guy on TikTok? He's gotten pretty famous over it. He basically lost his job as like that uh, during – because of COVID. So he – um, started reviewing like basically shitty alcohols on TikTok. You know, like when you taste wine, you swish it in your mouth and spit it into like a decanter. Um, Gross. 
Well, he does. So he's doing he's doing this with shitty alcohols. Yeah, like dude, I watch all. I'll, I'll to, it's he's. I think it's at unemployed wine guy on TikTok. He has like twenty of them, and the most recent one I just watched before we did this is he did Fireball, and I thought it was hilarious because he's like he like opens up, he smells it, he goes, hmm. Uh, I don't think people who know what whiskey is, or I don't think people who made Fireball know what whiskey is because they label it as a yeah. The, Fireball should not be labeled as whiskey. And he pours it out. And he goes, "Hmm, has a very syrupy uh, texture." <laughs> Dude, I just that gives me nightmares from tailgates Dude, uh, back from college. Literally, Fireball should be yeah. Fireball should be labeled as cinnamon liqueur. Not whiskey. Probably. But anyway, check him out on TikTok at Unemployed Wine Guy. Travis, I'll, I'll show him to you after the podcast. But you taste that. It's kind of reminding me of it. So um, it's pretty funny. Anyway, <laughs> last thing before we get to a fully big-ass loaded, or probably our biggest card in a while, Degenerous Digest. We're going to talk about this fucking clown. I mean, this guy is a fucking clown. Jake Paul. Got to do it because – I mean, I know I know what he's doing. I mean, he's got a YouTube channel and fucking millions of followers, millions of subs. But I think that's the thing. I think he's I think he's damn damn near ran out of YouTube content ideas. So he now he could just live off this and do these stunts for the next month. Month? He's gonna carry the shit. So for you, for those of you who've been living under a fucking rock, Jake Paul is a two and zero boxer. His two fucking wins are against some other. British YouTuber KSI, right? Or is that the one his brother lost to? Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, his brother lost to that guy. I don't even know who Jake Paul fought first, but then he boxed Nate Robinson Saturday after Thanksgiving, knocked him out in the second round. Whoop, do you fucking do? And now he's calling out Conor McGregor. And if you guys haven't seen the video on social media, go watch it. He basically it's kind of a dickhead about it, but I mean, Conor's a dickhead too, so he kind of deserves it. He calls Connor's fiance D Devil in a four, which if D Devil's a four, then fuck man, I don't know. <laughs> and then yeah. he calls Dana White like a big bald headed pussy or some shit like that. And I'm like, that's the wrong it's, guy. Yeah, it's just silly. Like you don't want to do that at all. I, I I don't know if he really is honestly serious. The fact that I can't tell if he's serious about this or not is, is the most concerning part to me, <laughs> honestly. Cause I'm just like, man, I don't know what Conor McGregor would do to him or he'd if he would fucking, even take it seriously. He'd fucking pick uh, him apart, bro. He'd pick him apart. Yeah. I mean, it, it would not be good. I know. And I know Conor looked a little rough when he fought Floyd Mayweather, but that was Floyd Mayweather. It's like, it's, it's arguably, if you want to look at stats, the best boxer of all time. And he went fucking, what was it, nine rounds with him? Is him, is Jake or is Logan fighting Mayweather? Logan is, and he's going to get his fucking dick burnt in the fucking dirt. Yeah, Logan, if anyone, if, I feel like Jake should fight him. Yeah, if if anyone, like Lo, Logan, Jake's a better fighter than Logan because he started training because he's a younger brother, started training at a younger age. But I mean, both these guys, like, no doubt about it. Both the Paul brothers. I know they're like state champion caliber wrestlers in Ohio when they were in high school and shit like that before they blew up on Vine, got on YouTube. But this guy's a clown, bro. I mean, like, you see the shit today? It was totally staged, I think. 
Yeah, yeah he went through water balloons, water balloons at Dylan Danis, which, for those you don't know, is Conor McGregor's jiu-jitsu trainer. Yeah. Well, not trainer, but training partner. But, yeah. Training partner. Yeah, same yeah. thing. Dylan Danis, uh, he fights in – I believe he's still signed with Bellator, but he hasn't fought in a long-ass time. And he – like, they were throwing, like, water balloons and toilet paper at him, and Dylan Danis came, run, like, running out and, like, caught – a roll of toilet paper and threw it back at him. And I was just like, that seems the scene that seemed like the most staged part of it all. Cause he would get his ass kicked even by him. People are, I mean, people are saying like if, if, if they did a boxing match, cause Danis isn't really a striker. Like you said, he's a, he, he's a jujitsu guy. He rolls. He likes to get on the ground. But regardless of the fact is I'm going to say this right now. I don't give, you can laugh at me. Everyone can laugh at me. I would fucking whoop Jake Paul's ass in the fight. I mean, that would be, I don't know. He, I, I will say as much as I hate, I didn't actually like him. I did like that he knocked out Nate Robinson. I, I was impressed. Then when he, when he did all this, pulled this stunt, I'm like, all right, now you're being a little bit too much. But he I, didn't, and I thought, I think it was impressive. The boxing that I did see, like he looked pretty good. And I, I will say that. It was but a- to call out Conor McGregor, like, if you want to call out Conor McGregor, that's fine and dandy. If you want to be a real man about it, then fight him in the octagon. Yeah, no shit. That's what I'm saying. And then, I mean, I watched I watched the, the match. It was – he was okay. I'll put it that way. Like, he you know, was still very messy and not clean. Like, he didn't like – I mean, have- I, told, I told you what was going to happen because I saw – Nate Robinson's training videos yeah. compared to Jake Paul's. And Jake Paul was the way crisper boxer of the two. Not saying Jake Paul's going to go and be in the freaking professional boxing league, but at the same time, he looked good for an amateur boxer. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, like, he, he did. Connor's not an amateur boxer. Connor's been boxing his whole life. Like, so anyway, he all, did you see he also mispronounced Dustin Poirier's name? Yeah, he said Dustin Prober. Yeah. I'm like, first of all, I think – I think Dustin whoop his ass. I mean, I think most uh, <laughs> UFC fighters, regardless of the arena, octagon, ring, whatever you put him in, will kick his ass. I mean, he beat some no-name dude and then a washed-up basketball player. A Dana basketball White. player. Dana White's like, I'll, I'll stick Amanda Nunez on his ass. And Amanda Nunez is like, I'm game. I would like, fucking please. Please. I would I would pay for any current UFC fighter, like actually pay, not even illegally stream it. I would pay for any current UFC fighter to fight him in, yeah. in, in a boxing ring, in an octagon, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I might pay more for Nunez to fight him over McGregor. Yes. Cause she would fucking piece him up, dude. She would. And cause like she was just let on the gas and not, and not let go. And I dude. So long story short, Jake Paul's a clown. It's never going to happen. So, right. Doing this for club. For sure. Um, but that was good. Got your college football playoff rundown and scenarios. Uh, a little bit of week what, 14 recap of the NFL. And then Jake Paul being an idiot. So, What's there's it? that. We're going to roll in the Jenner's Digest. Talk about our gambling records and explain what we're doing Right after this. I don't know if we have a break or not, but after this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I've been playing a fucking little clip. 
promise to you guys or not really promise but a goal uh for the month of december to be up 10 units for you guys in what we called our like our season of giving mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Back to you, a little gift. And so far through the first two weeks, we have technically two more left. Through the first two weeks, we are at 6.41. So we are a little over halfway through, on pace to hit it. And we're doing better. After our four to five week little stint, we've been progressively getting better. So good news is that better news is that we have loaded card for you guys. Thursday night game, and then we got six college football championship games coming to you. We're picking all the lines. One on Friday, five on Saturday. Two Saturday NFL games, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game. And instead of doing like our five additional picks, we're just going to do our usual lock and upset because that's been a tradition that we've done all year long. So what is that, 13? That is a total of 13 picks for you guys this weekend, which we've only been normally putting out 10 all year. Um, One week we did 12. A couple weeks ago we did 12. Thanksgiving. Yeah, so we got 13 coming to you, which I know is a little bit of a lot, but stick with us because these are all games that you're going to want to, if not watch, at least pay attention to on Saturday. Most definitely. So. Or let's just roll into it, I guess. Well, you didn't recap. You didn't re- – oh, you, you didn't recap. But overall, one thing I was, like, talking to Travis about before we dive into this is I was like, I think we have decent – like, our units, yes, we're down. But I was like, I think we have pretty decent records. And we looked at it, and, and we actually do. We just put the wrong amount – like, because Travis was looking at it, we both had our, our locks – like, our lock last week was Colorado – Week four that we both had money on Mizzou or units on Mizzou and they lost. So it's like just those like games that we put more units on than we do other games that hurt us. Cause our record overall, Travis is 71, 70 and one and I'm 71, 67 and one or and four in, in football season. So, I mean, we're both above 500. I'm only down 1.79 units in football. Jared's down 4.37, but to put it in perspective, like Jared mentioned, uh, between the Colorado and Mizzou game, just those combined over the last two weeks, which were games that looked promising at least halfway through, um, that was a 25-unit swing 
just those two games. So just envision that and think about our high unit games that go wrong. That's why our units aren't reflective of that, even though our records are both above 500. Absolutely. So I just, I just want to preface that, like, you know, we're, we're, we're average handicappers. I would I wouldn't even call us handicappers, but a little teaser. One of our guests we got coming in the new year is a guy that's taking a different approach to how we do sports betting. And I think, I think he'll be a, a fun conversation. So. Awesome. So we're going to do this in, what is that called? The order in which they happen. That's not chronological. Is that chronological? Yes. All right. So we're going to do this in chronological order of when these games are going to be happening this weekend. So if you hear us jump from college to NFL, don't be confused. It's just when they happen. First game, Thursday night football this week, Chargers at Raiders. Raiders are three and a half point favorites. Over-under is 53. This one was tough for me. It was not for me. I'm going the over of 53 at two units. Uh, there's no team in the NFL who has a better percentage of the overhitting than the Raiders. Um, they are tied with the Titans this year in terms of amount of games where, they're, uh, where the overhits. And the Chargers overs have hit in seven of 13 games this year. So not great, but still it's more than, more than 50%. Um, Vegas – has also allowed 38.3 points per game, worse than the league over the last three games. 38.3 points per game over the last three, and the Chargers have allowed nearly 30 points per game over the last three. I can just see this being a classic West Coast shootout, so over 53, two units for me. I I was leaning that, but I've looked like the Chargers lately have been struggling badly. Like I, I looked at their schedule because I thought they were a better team than what their record – shows and I was wrong like they actually are not a good team and it's really is hard to see that considering Justin Herbert's been a very good quarterback and a very good fantasy quarterback this year I know that's always not reflecting of their record and it shows this year so just based on how the Chargers have been playing I am leaning Raiders minus three and a half for one unit I know we need the Raiders to lose as Dolphins fans, but at the same time, looking at it, business perspective, got to go Raiders minus three and a half. I know they aren't playing the best football right now, but they beat the Chargers earlier on in the year. The Chargers are looking like dog shit. So rolling Raiders minus three and a half. Okay. That's our first game of the week. Travis got Raiders minus three and a half. I got the over 53. Could could pair nicely. I mean, seriously, of, of a two drunk brothers teaser, Take the Raiders, whatever it is, plus four and a half over of 46. Sounds like pretty good to me. Um, <laughs> let's roll into the second game on our big-ass card. We got the Pac-12 championship, championship game. Now, this is Friday night in L.A. Um, it's Oregon, who shouldn't be there. It was supposed to be Washington, but Washington had COVID issues. So the Pac-12 sent Oregon there. It's Oregon versus number 13, USC. USC's minus three and a half, and the over-under is 62 and a half. Travis, what are you doing here? I am going two units on USC minus three and a half. Friday night in LA, um, so they're very close to USC. It doesn't really matter because there's no fans that are going to be allowed there, but in, in perspective of travel issues, it's basically a home game for USC. They don't got to go far. Not only that, but USC is playing decent football. 
I know they struggled with UCLA a little bit uh, last weekend. I had USC minus three, and they had a backdoor cover to win by five. Love to see that. Oregon, on the other hand, they're three and two. They've lost their last two games. They just haven't looked good. Lost to Oregon State and Cal. Um, USC, I know I hate to just basically lean on rankings, but we don't have too much of a sample size this year. Uh, Number 13, USC, in the Pac-12 championship game. Got to take a minus three and a half. Yeah, so I'm also going to do USC, but I'm going to be conservative. I'm going to buy it down to minus three. Just because that allows for a field goal, if they win my field goal, it's a push. Um, so I'm not, I honestly could see us moving a little bit towards that way. Maybe not. Maybe moves the other way, whatever it might be. Um, but I'm buying it down to three. I'm only doing one unit on it. Um, Oregon, like Travis says, not been good in their last two games. They haven't covered a spread since their second game of the season. USC is something to play for because if they win this, they automatically get the Pac-12 uh, bowl bid uh, on New Year's Day. So they have something to, they have something to lose, and Oregon doesn't. So that's why I'm going uh, USC, buying it down to minus three at one unit. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I'm not going to buy it down because I'm just going to hope for a uh, last-second safety to cover the spread. Here you go. So that's that's what we're going to do. Um, just kidding. But either way, USC is the safer play. Next college football championship game is the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt game, Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. We've got number 19, Louisiana Lafayette versus the number 12, Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. The Chants, Chants, whatever you want to call them, don't really know down there, are minus three, over-unders 55. So it's what do you at, got? It's at minus three now, or is it at three and a half? So it's a minus three? Oh, it is minus three and a half. I just ruined my pick. Uh, I'm doing the Chanticleers – but I'm doing the same thing Jarrett did. I'm buying it down to minus three, and I'm also only doing one unit on it. The reason I'm doing that is because I know we've been riding Coastal Carolina hard this year. Not going to give up hope just because they struggled with the Troy team. I think, if anything, it's a reality check. Like, hey, Sunbelt Conference game, can't let off the gas, got to go, go, go. But I'm still buying it down to minus three for one unit. Okay, not a bad pick. I like that a lot. I like, I like being safe and buying it down. I'm going to do a teaser on this game. I'm going to do a seven-point teaser. I'm going to do Louisiana Lafayette plus 10.5 in the over of 48. The complete opposite of what I thought. but Yeah, but it, it makes sense. I mean, because like Travis said, the Chanticleers struggled last week against Troy. Yes, it might be a reality check. But these two teams already played this year. And Colts Carolina only beat Lafayette by three points. So I think they're a lot more close. I mean, Lafayette went on the road and beat a number six Iowa State team earlier this year. So they're not a bad team. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I definitely don't think they lose by more than 10 points. It's why the half is so important because we're at three and a half. You do the seven point teaser. You get Lafayette at, at 10 and a half and over a 48, which is easy money to me. I'm doing a unit and a half on that. Um, just, just think, a gut what feeling. Do you think Slade, what do you think swayed my decision to buy it down? The fact that they only won by three last time they played. That's that's what it was. But that was in Louisiana. This is in Conway, South Carolina, which where the Chanticleers play. But either way, 
both obviously could still theoretically hit very well a good possibility. So Jared's doing the teaser of Louisiana and the over. I'm just doing Coastal minus three, uh, buying it down. Moving on, same time game, Big Ten championship game in Indy because it's always there uh, or has been for a good amount of time. Number 14, Northwestern versus number four, Ohio State. Ohio State's 21-point favorites in a championship game, over-under 57. I mean, this, this is easy to me. I'm going Northwestern. I'm going Northwestern plus 21. Um, All day. One and a half units on this. Um, they're one of the best teams in the country, Northwestern, that is, against the spread. They're 5-1-1. One, and one. Um, in three touchdowns, just seems like an awful lot to lose by in a title game. I mean, especially in one where you have nothing to lose, I would say, you know, if you want to play it safe, maybe buy that extra half point and make it plus 21 and a half. But I'm just going to feel confident and roll for that plus 21. Yeah, with the spread like 21 and a half, you're not going to buy an extra point for that. The only thing that makes me nervous is Northwestern's offense isn't great. I know they have a very, very, very solid defense, and Ohio State leans a lot on the run game. Um, it just really depends on how they're able to break up Northwestern's defense to be able to start running the ball. If they're able to do whatever they want with them early, it's not going to be very promising. But if they're having troubles moving the ball, I think they're going to have troubles all day. Northwestern plus 21 in Big tw- Ten Championship game. One unit right. for me. So we got a two drunk brothers uh, double hit on that one. Same way we did for USC as well. Uh, let's move on to the Big 12 championship game. The Big 12 championship game is Saturday at 11 a.m. A lot of a lot of big games at 11 a.m. this weekend on Saturday. It's in Arlington, so it's in Texas. You got number 10 Oklahoma versus number six Iowa State. Um, Oklahoma is the five and a half point favorites and the over under is 58. Travis, what are you doing? I am doing a teaser on this game. This is one of my, uh, I think, yeah, this is one of my three 7.1 game teasers I am doing. So just keep that as a a friendly reminder. I have three of those as well, by the way. I have three, I have three teaser games. Perfect. So this is one of those for me, and I'm doing seven points. It makes Oklahoma plus two and under of 65. Very weird. I know doing the under, but Oklahoma's run defense is phenomenal. They only allow 88 yards per game on the ground, and Iowa State relies a lot on the ground. 199 yards per game, as a matter of fact. Other than that, they're going to make Brock Purdy throw the ball a lot. And I don't think that he's going to have much success in that personally. Um, On the other side of things, the Spencer Rattler dude, I know he's had a very hit or miss season, but big 12 championship game, high stakes are raised. I feel confident with him being able to move the ball enough to win the game, but keeping under 65, because I think that's a lot for an Iowa state team who has had a tough time moving the ball a lot this season. Love that because um, my straight-up pick is just the under 58. I'm doing the straight-up under 58, one unit. Um, I see this being a lot lower scoring than what normal Big 12 games are. Uh, Sorry to interrupt you, but I will say this year, the Big 12 
has had some great defense. They have. We always give them shit for it. They've had some great defense. Um, you know, the over-under record, so, like, if you're looking at overs or unders or overs, I guess, in combined these two, the record for overs is 9-9-1. Nine, nine, and one. So it's, like, pretty much 50-50. Um, Iowa State is 4-5-1 and one with the over. Uh, Oklahoma's 5-4. and four. However, Iowa State, like Travis said, Oklahoma's a great run defense. Iowa State relies a lot on the run. On the flip side, Iowa State's defense has been nails, especially the last three games. Over the last three games, they're allowing an average of 8.7 points per game. So they're getting hot at the right time on defense. I see this being a very low-scoring game, so I love both of these picks for us. Awesome. There you have it. I know I kind of wanted to do Iowa State in that, but I think Oklahoma's a better team and they win the game. So maybe a risky play. You might want to look at the other half to make Iowa State plus 12 and a half. Yeah. Just one of those games that I could maybe see Oklahoma breaking free in rather than Iowa State. Yeah, like winning like 30 to 10 or something like that. Yeah. So that's that's how I felt, and that's minus 138 odds at two units. So that's that. ACC championship game is later slate, 3 o'clock in Charlotte. This is the one that's going to be big in terms of college football uh, playoff ramifications. It's number three Clemson versus number two Notre Dame. Clemson's 10-point favorites in the over-under 60. Yeah, I'll kick it off. I'm going to do the over of 60 at two units. Um, I think Clemson wins this game. I'm just not confident they win it by 10 points. Um, it scares me a little bit, even it, even though it's a Trevor Lawrence revenge game. The lowest points Clemson has scored this year was 34. And that was against Boston College, in which T-Law didn't play. So I think they're going to come out and score like high 30s, low 40s. And I still think Notre Dame sprinkles in some points in there um, to keep it as close as possible. So the over of 60 seems awfully low to me, especially for a Clemson team who is scoring, you know, in the mid-30s, early 40s, or low 40s every single week. Um, it just seems like a no-brainer. Over 62 units. All right. I have another teaser for you on this game. Seven-pointer. Clemson minus three, just like you, over 53. Love it. Great. Like Jared said, you think Clemson wins the game? So do I. Wasn't confident in the 10, but minus three. I think they can get that done. I think it could be a six, seven point win over 53 should be even basically a lock. Uh, also same thing as the last one, minus 130 odds for a seven point teaser, two units on that one. There we go. Loving the teasers. Um, rolling into our last college game on Saturday. Um, before we talk about the two Saturday NFL games. Yes, guys, we have, we're going to have Saturday NFL these next two weeks. Um, it's the SEC championship game Saturday at 7 p.m. in Atlanta. You got number one Alabama versus number seven Florida. Alabama is 17 and a half point favorites, huge spread. And the over under, this is asinine to even say out loud. The over under is 74 and a half. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. That's stupid. I am just going to roll right into my pick, and I'm doing the under 74 and a half at two units straight. Um, is bananas, bananas to me. Even, even if Alabama scores 50 points, I don't see this overhitting. Uh, I know Alabama's probably going to win handily. 
17 is a little bit too rich for me, especially in the SC championship game. But if this overhits, then I'm sorry. But this, to me, was almost enough to be my lock of the week. That's how much I like it. Don't really have a ton just to like keep going on. But Alabama allows 16 points a game and Florida allows 26. You think that that equals enough to be 75? You're crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's insane why it's so high. Love that pick. That pairs, pairs well for my pick, which is my second teaser on the card. It is another seven-point teaser, and I'm going to do Bama minus 10.5 in the under of 81. I'm going to do one and a half units on that. Um, it just seems like a very large spread, but I think – and honestly, like, I think Bama can cover it straight up. They have actually covered a spread larger than this in their last six games. So each I mean, they're eight and two against the spread, and I don't think I've seen a single digit spread all season long for them. They had, they had one single digit spread. I think they were minus six when they played Georgia, and they beat their fucking dicks in the dirt. Um, but just to be safe, I'm buying this down. You know, Bama minus ten and a half. I think that's easy for them, and the under of eighty one. So tease that seven points, one and a half units. Um, and there's only been one Bama game this year that has where there have been eighty points scored, and that's because Bama. It was their game against Old Miss when it was like 63 to 48. But other than that, all of them have been under 80 points. So easy yeah. line. I feel pretty confident in that. Um, like I said, it would just take it would take one of those crazy just defenseless games for that to happen, which in the SC championship game, I don't really see it happening for Bama. I see it being a bloodbath. Well, I guess the rest of the ones we have laid out are the primetime games for NFL. And then, of course, we're going to wrap it up with locking the upset. So, to start it off, we have the first Saturday game of the year in the NFL at 3.30. Bills, minus 6.5. Road favorites at the Broncos, and the over-under is 50. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I am going to do another buying of a half point somewhere. And I'm actually going to take the Broncos, but you have to get it at seven. So I'm going to do the Broncos plus seven. I'm going to buy that half point to make it a touchdown spread. I'm only going to do one unit on it. Um, Both these teams are eight and five against the spread this year. So really no advantage there. But what I think can happen is I think Denver's defense is good enough to limit Josh Allen. And if Drew Locke can come out and play like he did last weekend, I have no doubt in my mind the Broncos can keep this within a touchdown, maybe even win this game. I think the Bills have very two tough games coming up, both on the road and tough places. So uh, by that half point, take Denver plus seven out of unit. All right. 
Yeah, this could definitely be a game that I think uh, Buffalo overlooks, kind of like Miami overlooked going into Mile High. I mean, it's December. You're going into Denver. It's Short not a week. fun place to play. Short week. Short week. Not a fun place to play. Uh, this is my last seven-point teaser. This is it. Broncos plus 13.5 under a 57. Jared just mentioned the Broncos have a good defense, and they were going to – make it tough for Josh Allen to move the ball, which is good for the under 57. And I don't see the Broncos losing by two touchdowns in this game. I think the very least they backdoor covered the teaser, um, which obviously wouldn't be good for Jared's bet, but I can see them that happening even in his as well. Plus 13 and a half under 57 is safe. Again, minus 130 odds for seven point teaser, two units. Actually something very similar to the situation you just explained to me happened in the Dolphins game for me last week because I remember, guys, I had the Dolphins in my teaser pick last week at plus 14, and I thought it was no way in hell going to happen. They ended up coming back and then back to recovering that to the actual spread. So a very good thing happened. Um, Let's roll into the uh, second Saturday game in the NFL. It is is the Panthers at the Packers. It's at 7-15, Panthers at Packers. Packers are nine-point favorites. In the over under is fifty one and a half. Travis, what you doing here? I hate this game all around. I really do because um, the Packers have screwed me a couple times this year, and I'm hoping they don't do it again. But I'm going to do Packers minus nine at one unit. I'm just going to do one unit on it. They're playing pretty decent football. I know they let the Lions back into the game, but there was no like chance in that game where they really had to lose Panthers on the other hand have just been playing horribly lost four of their last five they're letting up a shit ton of yards every game a lot of points except to the Lions <laughs> um but on the other hand Packers are playing good 10 and 3 fighting for that one seed in the NFC so to win by 10 I feel comfortable putting one unit on that absolutely um like you said, the Packers have burned me a lot, and that was my initial pick when I first looked at it. But I'm going to do a different pick here. It's not a teaser or anything like that. This is a special pick for you guys. I'm going to do the Packers first half over 14 and a half. So Packers in the first half over 14 and a half points. It's minus 115. I'm going to do one and a half units on it. Um, Carolina is along 25.5 points per game. And I think like Travis of the Packers come out swinging this one. It's Lambeau at home in December. What, what more can you ask for? I just had to find something that I liked and that's the one that I liked in this game. So another thing that to look at there, since I don't love the nine would be, I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm sure it'd be Packers minus five, but maybe a first half line. For Packers minus five. I can tell you, hold on here. Let's. If you want to do two first half I can lines, see them leading by a touchdown going into the second half, uh, but maybe like a backdoor cover minus nine is kind of worrisome. So first half Packers is minus five and a half. You know what? I'm gonna make mine quirky too. I'm gonna do Packers first half minus five and a half. There you go. So we got two first half bets. So all our bets, well, for the well, because the SEC championship game will still be going on at that time. 
But that bet will hit pretty quick. So we're doing two first-half bets. Um, Travis is going to do for the Saturday night game, Packers minus five-and-a-half first half, and I'm going to do Packers first half over a 14-and-a-half. So both together pair pretty well. So rolling the next one, I'll let you go ahead and take it away, Travis, because you're next to, to, to kind of go there. Yeah, I know it's kind of hard to keep up with. We'll tweet them out like usual, but with all these primetime games – being forced to pick them, it's a lot better to dive deeper and take something that's not necessarily just right in front of you, like over under or spread For bet. Sure. Sunday night football should be a good game. Browns minus four at the Giants, over under 45 and a half. I am going to take the Giants plus four here, and I'm going to do two units on it. Um, I love this line because it allows for the Giants to lose by a field goal but still cover. They laid an absolute egg at home last week um, against the Cardinals, and they know they have to win or be competitive in order to stay in the hunt for the division. Also, not to mention, the Browns are the third worst team in the league against the spread. They're five and eight. Meanwhile, the Giants are eight and five. And again, that four points just like screams, oh my God, the Browns are going to win my fucking field goal to me, and the Giants are going to backdoor cover on that. So that's why I'm leaning that way. All right. Wish I could say I like that, but I mean, the Giants, I feel like finally showed their true colors last week and getting blown out by the Cardinals. Like, I, I feel like that was like, hey, the last few weeks have been a fluke. Daniel Jones is battling with whatever injury he's battling. And this might be a good game for the Browns defensive line to just tear apart the Giants. Yeah. We'll see. But who knows? It would be good for your bet to hit because that means my bet would be a little bit more likely because the Giants are going to need to move the ball. I have over 45 and a half. After last night is hard last night when you're hearing this. After the Monday night game, it's hard for me to not take the over in a Browns game with how miserable their secondary looked yes. and, how, and how they were able to move the ball on offense. 45 and a half is low. Uh, neither of these teams have an incredible defense. The only thing that worries me is, like I said, the Browns' defensive line just obliterating the line of scrimmage and the Giants not being able to move the ball at all. So I, I don't. I think if any of these bets hit, it could be both of them. If not, neither of them are. I could see that because. Yeah, I mean, if the Browns win. They're going to win by a lot, and the Giants aren't going to score. It's almost like that's what's going to happen. I wish the Giants wouldn't have forced Daniel Jones back last week and let him get healthy. Because honestly, who the fuck was their quarterback again when he was out? McCoy. He wasn't playing bad. He wasn't playing great. He wasn't playing bad. So we'll see how that goes. So let's do Monday Night Football. When, uh, I'm just sick of fucking seeing this team. I know they've been in primetime because of COVID. But Monday Night Football, this is a snoozer game that I will absolutely not watch. I know I say that a lot, but I will not watch an ounce of this game. It's the Steelers at the Bengals on Monday Night Football. Boo, boo, boo. The Steelers the are – What? The Bungles. The Bungles. The Steelers are minus 13, and the over-under is 40 and a half. What you doing here? This game. Like you said, it – Unless it comes down to fantasy, 
for me. I will not watch this game because I'm in the fantasy playoffs in both leagues. Uh, unless it comes down to fantasy, I will not watch this game, which will make it even harder to bet on. But then again, it might make it easier because I'm taking Steelers minus 13. Why? Wow. At one unit. This. Dude, I wanted to take the Bengals, and then I looked at how they've done lately. They just lost 30-7 to to the Dallas Cowboys. I I can't I can't take a Bengals team that just lost thirty to seven to the Dallas Cowboys. Are you kidding me? There's no chance. They are playing so bad. They're in full on tank mode. Their coach is horrendous. I have no choice. My hands are tied. <laughs> My hands are tied. All right. I by the way, on ESPN it says eleven and a half. So thirteen seems like a stretch to me. I pulled that straight from Bavada. So, you know what? I'm going to go check and see if it's changed. What do you have? Check it because that might change my pick, actually. Because I, I did make the script this morning. So, it very well could have changed. Still 13 on Bavada, but it's even. This is dropping for sure. All right. So, let's, let's go with what ESPN has. Let's, let's say the spread is Steelers minus. Let's just do 12. Steelers minus 12. In the middle. Steelers minus 12, and the over-under is still the same at 40 and a half. Yeah. I'm changing my pick because I had this is my last teaser game. I was going to do a seven-point teaser and do Bengals, but now I'm going to do Steelers. So I'm going to do a seven-point teaser, Steelers. Minus five. Minus, Steelers minus five, and the under 47 and a half. Just because the Bengals are that bad, I'm going to only do one unit on it. I'm not super confident. Don't have, don't have any stats on why I should do that. This is a total gut pick. So it's a seven-point teaser, Steelers minus five, under 47.5 for me at one. I mean, this game could be 20 to nothing. Exactly. That's, what, that's why I didn't do Bengals because of how good the Steelers defense is. I know it didn't end up looking like that on the Sunday night game, but the Steelers defense, regardless of how you put it, is good. And I think that they're going to be able to move the ball versus the Bengals. Yeah. So you actually convinced me. Like I said, if it was at, if it was still at the thirteen, I would take the Bengals because that that's a twenty points is a lot, no matter how you fucking squeeze it. But it is. If it's only eleven or twelve, I'll lean the Steelers and do the seven point teaser to give them Steelers minus four or five and under of whatever it is, forty seven and a half. So. All right. Last two picks. Our usual off-the-script ones, uh, lock and upset ones we do on our own. My lock of the week, I'm going to roll into it. Are you ready for this? I'm, it's probably the same. No, 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 Yeah, it's, it's pro- right. probably the same one I have, but go ahead. Is it NFL? Yep. It was one that we actually just had talked about against last week. It was Sunday at 325. Oh, nope. This isn't mine. Go ahead. All right, it is Chiefs at Saints. Chiefs are minus three, and that's my lock of the week, three units. I talked about it. Uh, Taysom Hill is not playing good. He is not a good quarterback. He does not belong to be at quarterback. I don't know if Drew Brees is coming back. I don't think he is. Uh, so Chiefs minus three with the way they're playing, the way they're off and just playing, I don't care. I know they're only six and seven against the spread. But a lot of their spreads, you got to think, have been closer to eight, nine double-digit spreads for a lot of the season. Uh, Saints, on the other hand, 
I think we're going to finally start seeing the Saints secondary that we saw at the beginning of the season. This like middle of the season has been an absolute fluke for the Saints secondary, and Patrick Mahomes is going to exploit that. So Saints yeah, I mean, minus, or Chiefs minus three. Let's be real. I mean, the Patrick Mahomes probably just – I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a homer, but he probably just pay, played one of the best secondaries in the NFL last week against the Dolphins. Threw three picks – and still threw for almost 400 yards. So and won by six points. Yeah, take with that what you will. I love that pick. I think the Saints they just lost to the Eagles. Unless until they get Drew Brees back, that team is a complete liability, and that's just how it is. So love that pick. And like I said, I know that we went when we did our playoff simulator last week. We had picked the Saints to win this game, but just in in a week seeing what Taysom Hill did against the Eagles concerns me playing at home against the Chiefs who are 12-1. and one. Yep, absolutely. And you said three units on that one? Yep. All right, mine is also a three-unit lock. Going to do it to you guys Sunday at noon. Pats at Dolphins. Dolphins are minus two and a half. That's who I'm taking. Dolphins are the best team in the NFL against the spread by two games, actually. They're 10-3 and three against the spread. The next best team is 8-5. and five. There's a handful of them at eight. There's a handful of them at 8-5. And, five. and the pat the defense absolutely need a win to stay in playoff playoff contention. The Pats only throw for 185 yards per game. We have the best secondary in the NFL, which means we can key in, or one of the best. We can key in on their run game, stop that. Um, and also, this this is a very fun fact. The Pats have only won two of their last seven games in Miami. So they are two and five in the last seven games in Miami. This one's in Miami. The Pats aren't playing well. Fence minus two and a half to me seems way too low. That's what I'm doing. All right. I almost picked that. I'm actually glad I didn't because the games that we've doubled down big on the last couple weeks have lost. So that might be a good idea. I like that. Um, Next, last pick before we let you guys go here like we're in class. Um, upset of the week. The past few weeks, these haven't been bad. Um, they were so much more fun. We chased like big money lines, and I and, and I have one this week. I have a decent one. I have a decent size one. I think you'll like it a lot. Saturday, it's a college game. Is yours? Nope, it's an NFL game. All right, then you're actually gonna like mine. I think it's one that you missed, but you're gonna love to hit. Three fifteen, Boise State. At San Jose State, number 24. San Jose State is plus 190. Let's go. Let's go. I don't, I don't know. Like, I looked up San Jose State to see if, like, somebody got hurt or somebody wasn't playing. I couldn't see anything off the bat. But San Jose State, 6-0, and playing at home, 315 on Saturday is plus 190, ranked 24th in the country. I don't know what more you need to hear other than the fact that they're 6-0. and They move the ball well. They score 30 points a game, and their defense only allows 17. Dude, that was a that was an. By the way, hold on, just gotta pause it. That was a fucking. That was an amazing stat rip right there. How you just ripped that off? I love that. Um, I did miss that. I love that. Um, I've been high on San Jose State. I I, I said them and Nevada were on a crash course, and now it ended up being the San Jose State and Boise State. So love that pick. It's amazing. I will definitely be writing that. Mine is an upset that is in the two hundreds money line. All right. It's Sunday, NFL, 305, 
Eagles at Cardinals. I'm taking the Eagles at plus 225. One unit. I almost took the Eagles. The Eagles against the spread was almost my lock this week, so I like that. Yeah. I think it's like was a, it's like a six or seven point spread. Yeah. Yeah. Something close to that. I don't really have a real reason for this, except for the fact that I think the Eagles look like a totally different team with Jalen Hurts playing quarterback. Not just on offense. I think the whole team played better because they knew that that defense had to trot out there like, oh, man, let's go here and stop these motherfuckers again, or and Carson Wentz can go three and out. I think when your quarterback's playing better and provides that energy into the lineup, the whole team plays better, and that's what Jalen Hurts does. I think the dude's a gamer. He's been a gamer everywhere he goes. Um, so, like I said, no real reason. I just have a gut feeling that the Eagles go in, steals one on the road, and potentially maybe even creep back into that NFC East uh, title contention. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. Like, going off your stat of, like, having good quarterback play, um, with Carson Wentz, I feel like they went three they three and out a lot. Uh, and that's just obviously not what you want when you're on defense. You get no time to breathe, no time to do anything. On the other hand, they only went three and out. The Eagles only went three and out twice on Sunday against the Saints. Yeah. Defense time to rest. Like, remember whenever the Eagles defense used to be, like, prime time back when they won the Super Bowl a few years ago? Because their offense was able to stay out on the field. So, I love that. Yeah, I mean, like, like, even if he's not scoring, he's not going three and out. Like, cool, drive the ball to the 45-yard line and get a – get two to three first downs, you know, give us some time. So I love both those upsets. Those are probably like, cause I know the last few weeks we've like flirted with like plus one tens, plus one twenties. Fuck it. I was like, I'm going all in this week. Travis got a plus one ninety. I got a plus two twenty five. This could be a big weekend for us. 13 total picks. Going to be a fun weekend of football to get you set up before the weekend of Christmas season of giving y'all. That's all I got to say. Season of giving. We are a little under four units away from meeting our promise to you guys or our goal to you guys. <clears throat> Lots of fun stuff coming up. Uh, we got one more episode till the new year. But until then, we will catch you guys next week. Peace. Maria, 
And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.